Hey everybody, you're listening to Top Quartile, where we bring you stories from the front lines of growth in community-focused financial services. Welcome back to Top Quartile. Excited to have Doug Peacock on the show today. Doug, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. And so as we get started, um, tell everybody a little bit more about your background and and maybe even how we, we know each other and what you're doing now at Associated. Sure. It's... Um it's interesting. I feel like we're, we're, I like to say old heads in the space. Now we've been, we've been at this for a few, few decades. So, um, yeah. uh, I know you and I had a chance to meet in the early, the heyday of mobile and when mobile banking was, was starting and recall, you know, the first application for blackberries, if, um, some of us remember that. And, um, so, so I've been, been in this space, uh, like I mentioned, for over 20 years and um, various roles as digital has evolved. Um, spent time on the bank side mostly. Um, actually started working at uh, Bank of America or what was Nations Bank at the time in the back office, uh, items processing, statement rendering for, I was working for Accenture, doing a lot of M&A work there. And, just evolved to whereas now, you know, spent time on the, the kind of the client side and the fintech side. And now I'm, I'm uh, looking after digital at Associated Bank, which is exciting. Awesome. And maybe what's one fascinating fact that most people don't know about Doug? Oh, this is a good one. I was looking at the prep and trying to make sure that I don't incriminate myself or <laughs> family. Um, so I was, I was born and raised in Colorado and have moved all over the country. Um, but I actually, this is a little nerdy, but the Forrest Gump in me, I spent some time at the Olympic training center, uh, playing table tennis or ping pong as people like to say, and, uh, no, I was not nearly good enough to ever, ever, uh, represent our country without embarrassment, but I was a, a hitting partner for, the Olympians when I was in middle school uh, of all things. And then I realized this probably isn't the best social look <laughs> for me as I got in high school. And, uh, uh, you know, it did certainly wasn't something you could talk to the girls about. So I, I ended up, uh, moving over to soccer and played soccer all the way through school. So it was, uh, kind of nerdy, but I get challenged all the time to play table tennis. I tell people I'm not really that good anymore. I haven't played in 20 years. So whatever, it's still fun. <laughs> Still, though, not, not many people have said they've they've worked out at the Olympic Village. So, no, no, especially not playing ping pong. That's so, right. yeah, that's right. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's uh, it is what it is. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. Well, um, uh, what how's how has growth been at Associated recently? It's good. Yeah, we, we're uh, associated at regional bank in, yep. in the kind of the heart of the country, predominantly in Wisconsin, um, but we have a presence in Minnesota and Illinois uh, uh, as well, as well as around St. Louis. We're, we're challenged, like all banks in our space, to grow profitable customers, and that really is the name of the game. Um, and the bank has done very well uh, in the last year, year and a half, um, doing that you know we certainly you wouldn't see organic growth being what i think everybody would hope and expect to be in the industry but on a kind of pure comparison basis we're more than holding our own so that's great and the bank has done a really nice job of building off of a strong balance sheet we've got a great mix of uh credit and our commercial business is very strong so it's it's a real success story the bank is doing very well and 
Um, we've had a lot of change in our executive suite over the last few years. And, and part of that has been really just a natural progression of, of going, you know, from a um, sort of business commercial focused bank to a more of a retail product forward organization, which is exciting. And I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it. And so you, you said, like, you know, there's been a lot of evolution in this sort of digital space. What are some of those key growth drivers that you're really leaning into enabling? Yeah, and I know, you know, Dan, when we first started this, it was a lot about just how many people are signing up and, right. and using it. And are the branches going to die? And, you know, right. is it? I remember, in fact, we, we've had this recently. We, we had to try to there was always a debate are you does digital cause or correlate to profitability and um one of my anecdotes i use you know probably it's way overused but i, I recall in early days of digital talking to executives and like well do we really need this and my response was and i was probably you know either too arrogant or ignorant to to know especially in talking to executives was let's shut it off and we'll see uh, you'll 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 see, you'll see how profitable it is by turning it off and see what happens to your customers. And you know it was a little bit, but but actually it was an effective antidote because oh we can't do that. Well, well then, okay then so we agree we need this. Now what we need to decide is how much do you want to invest. Yeah. And so so tongue in cheek aside, what I've seen is it's all about um, you know the relationship and it connects with I think what associated as well as other banks are trying to do and that is how do you um, really grow relationships it's not just gathering deposits because it's so easy now to switch banks mm -hmm. to follow rates mm -hmm. but it's are you getting your fair share of the lending side and then really interesting what's happening on the wealth management side um people are interested in managing their finances in a comprehensive view and the reality is companies like Fidelity Investments and Schwab and others have done a really good job of, of expanding into retail, probably at a faster rate than retail has expanded into their sectors. Um, so that's a lot of, of what we're doing. And, and that really brings, frankly, some new tools into digital uh, engagement marketing um, is really important. But the first thing we've had to do is just say, listen, we got to make sure everybody can, they can see everything they have with our bank um, and, and use it. And that's, believe it or not, uh, easier said than done. Um, you're saying, you're saying getting systems to talk to each other in a unified pane of glass is, um, looks easy, but is a lot of work behind the scenes. That's what you're saying. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is, this is actually not, it, it, and I've, I've spent a lot of time when I was, you know, previously I had a stop at FIS and you talk to banks all across the country and the world, even yeah. everybody has the same issue. You know, yeah, banks right. have typically grown by acquisition. Yeah. Um, it's hard to justify in those transactions, rationalizing systems because you're obviously trying to demonstrate you can take cost out, et cetera. And so there's a lot of, you know, use whatever metaphor you want. I always say bubble gum and sticky tape behind the scenes, patching these big systems together. And, um, but the, the thing I always talk to, not only my team, but you know, whether it's customers or leaders, customers don't care. They, they expect to see everything they have with their relationship. Yeah. And the, the comment I usually make is somebody is switching from using Amazon or Netflix or any of these popular sites and, and your app and your bank, your bank is less than a quarter inch away by being launched on the mobile app. And the expectations the same. Uh, they don't expect to have a broken experience because they think 
you know, people don't think about how big or small you are when, when they're doing that. Yeah. So it's a challenge. <clears throat> yeah, good point. And so in that context, I know you're just awash in data. So how do you think about sort of the analytics that you, that are really key to prioritizing that work? Yeah, that, that is, um, that is the, the, the magic, right? In terms of, of how do you collect the data? How do you sanitize or make sure the data is, I don't like to say good because it's data that you have, but right. make sure it's all adding up is a challenge. But, but importantly, it's how do you extract and, and understand what, what the data means? And one of the things I'm excited about at, at our bank is we made a, a a pretty big investment in in data and are continuing in fact it's one of our strategic pillars is data modernization not i don't think it's unique to us but um we've made some investments where um we've really tried to um, just land all the data in a central place extract it in ways that can be meaningful the lines of business and then really let the business users interpret it in real time i think the days of pouring over what exact report you need and then it takes three months to build it and then it's not what you need. Those are over. You have to give it and whether you use Power BI, which we use a lot, mm-hmm. or something like that. It's it's real time, you know, access. And and I like to say all reporting is ad hoc because as soon as you provide a report, there's gonna be a question of what it so it's always ad hoc. And and, and it just becomes it becomes a an endless loop of report creation. So why not provide the tools so that whoever the user is, whatever um, their perspective is, can interpret the data. And um, that that's, I think, universal in business. It's not, I've yeah. spent time in an airline, I've spent time in consulting, I've spent time in, the, everybody is wrestling with that. And that's why it's such a big, a big business. It's also why AI is gonna become such a big part of what we're doing too. Yeah. No, I'm, I have to, I'll have to steal that, uh, that all reporting is ad hoc because I think what you're getting to is exactly the truth that the world is dynamic. And so, you know, you could be a hundred percent accurate in your, your report or comprehensive as of today, but then you ask some new question, some new thing comes along and you've got to adapt. And, and, you know, we've all seen it where, you know, one set of analysis begets, like you said, several follow-up questions. So, yeah. Yeah, and you end up you end up spending a lot of time. You spend more time creating the data than you do using the data, and that is yeah. that is the antithesis of what we've been taught. As you know, whether it's in school or that just doesn't make any sense. Like people think like, that's that's not very smart. Um, and uh, you know, so I think, but but again, easier said than done. These are all. It's easy for me to sit here and, and say that there's all there's a lot that goes into it, but. Uh, of course, we also, I will tell you one of the things I've seen, and I should have mentioned this, giving customers access to their data mm-hmm. isn't enough. You have to give them a head start on interpreting that. And we've done some of that. It's a plug for something we've launched with our, our insights program where you give them a head start on understanding a budget, let them know where they're, they may have a duplicate charge and really help them because you know, for an end user, the days of balancing a checkbook are probably yeah. over. Yeah. Um, but but if you can give them alert to say, listen, hey, Dan, I think you may have got a double charge here, or did you know you're paying for this and you could be doing this instead? Right. That is that is value that is hard to measure, but it matters for a lot to customers. Yeah. Well, just hey, Dan, do you know you have seven different screen- streaming subscriptions? 
<laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that is painful. That you know, you, you, you think you're cutting the cord and cable, and you realize, oh wait a minute, I'm I'm in the matrix because I'm spending fifty percent more. I'm just getting you know, it's death by a thousand streaming cuts, kind of thing. So yeah, yeah for sure, yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah. Well, and so you touched a little bit on this. Um, historically, digital is a lot of focus on, hey, I'm building a platform to help retain or engage my customers. What you know? What is sort of your current thinking on the balance between retention and engagement, and actually using digital to to support originations or sales? Yeah, those are good. Let me. I'll I'll take them kind of. Um well, maybe one at a time, and if if you have a question, let me know. So, so I always start with engagement. Well, actually, let me let me rephrase that. Start first with, we'll start with trying to attract new customers. Yep. And so that, that's something at Associated, I would tell you, has changed dramatically in the last eighteen to twenty four months. And um, our CEO Andy Harmony was always gets asked the question: Well, do you want? profitable customers or more customers as if they're mutually exclusive, which right. they are. Right. Our answer is always the same. Well, we want both. Yeah. We want yes. more profitable customers. Um, the reality is that's not always going to be the case, but that's okay because getting more customers is good because you never know what right. where somebody is on their journey. And I'm, I'm speaking strictly in the retail context uh, here or you know, small business, but um, we've really worked hard to be more product forward and launch new products. In fact, um, you know, the goal is to have a new product launch, you know, quarterly, um, a new digital release monthly with new features and functions. And we've hit that and we've had 12 consecutive months of new digital features. And these are meaningful improvements. And, and there's the, the corresponding product around that. And so that's been really, really exciting. So you start there and when you that then you move to engagement and then you know retention um my my personal feeling is is if you're doing engagement really well retention becomes less of an issue it's certainly it's part of it but it's kind of a uh you know it's sort of a natural hopefully diminishing issue if your engagement is really good um and from an engagement perspective, we, we, we like to use the term digital deepening, mm. but it's really deepening with our customers throughout. Um, because there's an old uh, phrase that f one of my, my former executives said where people still bank with people. And we do believe that they just might be doing it virtually. Um, so there's no doubt that branch usage is down, but. When it really comes down to it, when we look at our customer sat and we look at things, they really like the people that work at Associated. They love the system and tools, but they really like the people too. Yep, for sure. And so when you think about that, uh, attracting new customers, how do you think about, like, how does digital sales enablement fit into that customer experience? Is it, is it a, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a huge, it's a huge part of it. You know, first you have to have the products and you got to do the, right. the, whatever it is. Right. You're the, you're the marketing, uh, the, the whiz here is that product pricing promotion, all that, That's you know, the, the piece of marketing, but you have that. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's not easy though in this space, especially in digital. Yeah. And, and this is something that my peers at the CBA have talked about where there is a, there is a gross tonnage equation here where as a bank, you may aspire to have 40 to 50% of your, of your new customers to come through digital, 
but you're going to pay for it in a variety of ways. You're either going to pay for it through rates, or I hate to say it this way, but it's just the reality. You're going to pay through it through fraud. Yeah. And um, yeah. because the, what we found is, is you if yeah. you try to get the fraud, the more you drive down fraud and, and potential fraud, your your sales rates are going to suffer because uh, you know we all want to get non you know real customers coming through, but there's only so many of those to go around. Yeah. And therefore, you're going to end up having to pay for it via some type of promotion. And so, um, <clears throat> we've done a really great job. We've got we've got a new sales platform in. We've got new um, sort of a federated security system behind that, or, or IDV, IDA, or identity verification system. And it's it's being tuned constantly. Um, but you know the. So from new customers, there's there's just it's it's classic marketing. It's it's testing, learning through all your channels. It's it's all that. That's not changed. Yeah. Um, I think what's changed is what happens when they become customers, and then furthermore, making sure that you're deepening those relationships through um, not just next best products because that's kind of a right a lame old concept, but it's 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 adding spinning value around it. Um, one of the things that we've done and, and, you know, for those of us that are frequent flyers, you know, you know, as you move through the various levels, I'll, I'll choose Delta as an example, but you move to the medallion levels, your experience changes at digital and you get our benefits. We've kind of mirrored that with our relationships with our, you know, mass retail to our mass affluent to our private wealth where to our business where the actual, the app and the experience is changing. It's evolving. The, I would like to say the polish is improving. But there's actually services around it that matter. Yeah, it's not just a a new look. And so, those are the kind of things that I think make a lot of sense. It's not rocket science, but it, it again, it's it's all about the execution. Um, and uh, what what are you doing? You know, are you giving everybody access to their credit score, or are you using credit score reporting monitoring as a premium service for select customers? You can have a good debate on just even that topic, yeah. and believe me, we have. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and you said something really key a minute ago about customer. I mean, people, customers, people, whether they're customers or prospects, they just they're just trying to get stuff done. And so, for them, they don't customers don't think in terms of which department of the bank do I do I operate in. They're they're just they're oper You know, they want to interact with the bank and they want to get what done, and you know. Sometimes that's a quick uh, question on the app. You know, if I've gone through the app and I'm, I'm confused or I want to talk to a person, I want to I want to get to a person very quickly, and I want that person to have the context of the stuff that I'll everything I've already looked at. They want you know, so that you know, it's that seamless experience. Like I don't I don't think consumers sort of think about themselves as oh I'm a digital customer or a person. It's you know they want to interact with the bank and. Um, you know, sometimes that means yeah. opening an account online or through the app. And sometimes it means, you know, contacting a person and having that person, you know, open that CD for them or, or what have you. And, and then sometimes they want to walk into a branch and they want that, you know, and so that I think to your point about that, that's just a really uh, insightful point about customers want to interact with, with the bank. Um, they do. Yeah. It's banking is 99% of your interactions with a bank. It's, it's an item on your, to-do list. It's something you need to just, and you just want to, you know, I, I don't know what companies get in, get out and get on with your life kind of idea. And that's really what it is. Yeah. Don't you know, make it easy. And 
Every, you know, we always sometimes go to the extremes where it's like, well, you know, there's the college planning and um, buying a home. And, and as somebody with two college students, I can tell you that, yeah, you fund their four or their 529s, not their 401ks, their 529s. And I, I will say, like, great, but when it comes time, all I want to be able to do is extract that money, move it from A to B and be done. Like, it's not a big ceremony or anything like that and and i can tell you having that done easily is super important because to me it's yeah i essentially just want to sell transfer paypal venmo the money from the 529 to the university and be done with it so that that's all i, I don't care that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah and I, and i really feel for people who run call centers these days because it seems like you know the questions they're getting, they're they're not getting the routine, what's my balance questions. I mean, certainly there's a certain group that still calls for that. And, you know, that's a topic. But, like, they're getting the people who are confused or mad or, you know, it's it, it, they've already gone through the easy stuff in the self-service channels. So. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're actually, uh, off. we're actually, um, we have a major project this year to, we're replatforming our call center. We're moving to a much more uh, robust and, frankly, um, advanced, you know, IBA IVR system um, to to try to help our our call centers. And, and it's funny you said that. I didn't realize this when we went through it, but we have um, it's a it's it's small, but it's over twenty thousand customers. And, and you, this is an interesting. It's kind of a funny data point, but it, it speaks to something. That will, that are power users. We've had customers that call our call center to get their balance after every transaction yeah. they make. And, but then, but the majority of calls, to your point, they're coming in with um, sophisticated self service issues that, um, and I think everybody understands that picking up the phone, which is ironic because we all carry, mo- we call them mobile phones, they're really not. The phone <laughs> app part is so limited these days, unless you're talking to friends or family. They just, I hate to say it, they don't want to be on that call. Right. That's right. They just they run out of options. And so then we have to understand that and, and really um, provide that that service. But our, our call center does an incredible job of managing very, very complex calls because they, they typically chain together things. It's like, well, yeah. now that I have you on the phone, I had this other question about this right. wealth management or business right. account or whatever. Those are, oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, it's difficult for sure. <laughs> yeah, I recently had a, 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 a rental car experience where um, I rented the car and it had you know something issue, right? I think I think it was like an alignment. I mean, it was pulling hard, so it wasn't it wasn't inoperable. But I wanted to let them know that this car needed some service probably before they read it. And so, but, but you know, trying to figure out who to call because it didn't fit in the like emergency roads. It was an emergency. And then it wasn't the regular service, and so I, I finally just called the the roadside service, and and it, you know you could tell it was it was off script. It was like, look, you know, the first question was, "Are you safe?" I'm like, "Yes, I'm safe. I'm in the car. It's working, but I want to give you some information." And it was uh... <laughs> anyway. It sounds like it sounds like you clipped the curb again, Dan. Yeah, Come on, you can admit it. That's right. That's right. I've been there. Well, I, I saw the I saw the same thing this last weekend. I was I was visiting my son in college for a football game, and you know the rental car line at this particular airport got super backed up, and you know you just fell for the people. But every it was interesting. All I kept hearing the same thing. All I want to do is go to my car because they they kept saying we have your reservation, we got it. 
which is bringing the cars forward. And it just, it just showed the, yeah. the challenge um, of that. And it also frankly showed, and, and this is another thing I say is we live the, the Amazon, DoorDash, whatever, right. the instant gratification right. life now. And people think waiting 10 seconds is forever. Yeah. Cause it feels that way. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, time's flown. Great conversation, Doug. Um, you know, maybe kind of zooming back out a little bit, you, you've had a lot of great experiences. If you could, you know, kind of wrap it up, if you could go back and sit, sit uh, down with yourself as you were finishing up college, maybe, you know, what, what are some words of wisdom you'd share about what you, you know, what you've been able to accomplish to, with your younger self? Yeah, I love this question. I was reflecting on it when I was thinking about this, this discussion. And, and I actually am having a bit of an opportunity to do that. So I've got a, a son who's a, a business student in college and, you know, yeah, he's my kid, but, but I, I talked to him that way. Like you're, you're, here's what I wish I would have done. And part of it is, and, and being a soccer player, there's a show, Ted Lasso, yeah. where there's a scene famous where he says, be curious. Yeah. All right. And I, that's what I tell people, especially there's two things, be curious and understand you are a professional at something. Mm -hmm. And we always look at professional ball players, and, you know, they watch film and they go to practice early and this, that, and the other. And as a, somebody in business or whatever it is, like you should be reading the annual report. You should be looking at the investor presentation. You should be curious about the industry you're in. And if you're not, you might want to, maybe you should be in a different industry because that's, this is something you're going to do as part of a career. And I like to say, you know, that, that, that's the difference between a career and a paycheck player. You know, it's somebody that is interested in what they're doing. And, the other thing I say is don't get too locked into a specific um, long-term career path because the jobs that you and I have had, yeah. I mean, my job didn't exist when I was in college. Right. I literally somebody said, you're going to be the chief digital officer. They looked at you, what are you talking about? Like that's, it's not, and so 15, 20 years from now, who knows what that'll be? It's the AI, the virtual reality. It could be any new technology. And so by being curious and being flexible and learning, I think you, you know, you find your path through that. And, and it's about, you know, it, it's, it's EQ versus IQ yep. uh, kind of thing. So not to, not to feel like I'm preaching now, but yeah, that's, that's typically my advice. Uh, it worked out pretty well. So. No, that's, that's spot on. Um, I love that scene, you know, well, I would be maybe curious, maybe asking if, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, yeah. So Doug, it's been a pleasure. Thanks again for coming on the show. Quite a lot. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Have a good day. That's it for today on Top Quartile. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Top Quartile wherever you find podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, we'd really appreciate a five-star rating. And if you're interested in getting an opportunity assessment, head over to infusionmarketinggroup.com to learn more. Thanks for listening.